Welcome to the Sonorities Podcast, connecting musicians and sharing the stories of the School of Music community at the University of Illinois. In this episode, we profile Illinois alum Daniel Teed. After earning both his bachelor's and master's degrees at Illinois, Dan went on to record and sing in opera houses across the globe. Today, he enjoys a varied career that includes serving as professor of voice at Carnegie Mellon University, and he coaches musicians and non-musicians alike in finding their voice. Daniel Teed, welcome to the Sonorities Podcast. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us about your relationship with Illinois? Sure. So as you said, uh, Dan Teed, that, that's me. I uh, went to U of I and I graduated in 98 with my bachelor's in music and voice and in 2000 with my master's in voice. And I was raised in Illinois, about two hours north um, outside of Chicago. So I was very used to all the corn and cold weather down in Illinois. And, and that's what uh, attracted my sister in the first place was going to U of I. That was, she really loved the school. And I followed her a few years later. And uh, I didn't know what to think until I, I showed up and I saw the Cranert Center and I was completely blown away by it. And everybody I met there, uh, especially the professor who ended up being my voice professor, Ronald Hedlund, was just so warm and kind. And I, I got a chance to hear people perform there while I was there for auditions. And I thought, oh boy, this is the place I've got to go. And it just felt like home, you know, it was in Illinois. And I just felt like this is where I need to spend the next six years and train and hone and, and really build my craft. So now you're a professional singer and teacher. And so tell us, what are you currently doing and, and what are projects you're work, currently working on? Right. So I'm a professor of voice at Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh, and I'm also a private uh, coach and a performance and voice coach as well. And in addition to that, I do a lot of lecturing on the voice and about working with not only singers, but public speakers and working with a whole host of executives and entrepreneurs uh, to try to, you know, utilize their voice the best that they can. But my love of this really came from performing opera, which I did for many, many years and, and still do, but it was my main career for about 20 years after I, I left uh, U of I. But um, some projects that I'm working on now that I've just recently re recorded the songs of Benjamin Boyle, who is a, uh, a composer here in Philadelphia, in, in Pennsylvania, and they're exquisite pieces. And I get to work with Laura Ward, who runs Lyric Fest in Philadelphia, and she's fantastic as well. So just finish that up. I've, of course, I, I have a full studio. Uh, it's, it's always a, a great, fun, uh, exciting time over at CMU. We are completely remote right now. So everybody's working from their homes, their bedrooms, or, you know, my studio. And it's it's presented its challenges for sure. It's, uh, it, the nuances are sometimes there, sometimes they're not. But I, I say, there's something about seeing somebody perform in their bedroom as opposed to a studio where there's actually a little bit of relaxation about it and they're they're able to be themselves and and open up and really explore things that sometimes they feel a bit nervous you know in a studio so it's a little it's a different environment but one that i think we've been able to really thrive at at, at cmu um what are some lessons from your time here at illinois that have remained with you to this day 
That's a great question. So I think about my voice teacher, Ron Hedlund, and I think about my coach while I was here, John Wussman, and they both said so many wonderful things to me. Uh, I was trying to sort of distill down, you know, exactly what, what those nuggets were, but I will, I'll say, for Ron, it was always about honoring your instrument and really knowing what it was and what, what it did best. And he encouraged me not just to sing the biggest and the highest and, and the, the you know brightest repertoire, but to find those things that brought out the best in my voice. And it took me uh, many years to find those things, but his guidance in that way really led me toward honoring my instrument as opposed to trying to be something that I wasn't. And the thing that John Wisman said, which has always stuck with me and I have told everybody else who I've ever taught, he would, we would be coaching a piece and we would stop and he would say, okay, Dan, he said, what is an eighth note? And I thought, oh my gosh, I have, how do you answer this? This is like a trick question. I don't know. So I thought and I thought and I thought, and I said, well, it's, it's half a quarter note. And he said, oh, it isn't half of anything. It is two sixteenths worth of sound. That's exactly what it is. And it got me thinking about so many details, you know, about what, what makes up a piece like that. And, and to, to really dive into the details of everything between the rests and everything in the notes. So to look for those, those tiny little nuggets. So those are probably two of the biggest lessons that I've taken away from my time there. Um, you hinted at this before. Why did you choose to attend Illinois? First and foremost, my sister was, was there. And I thought, wow, that's great. That'll be easy. But more and more, I, I was down there and was able to visit and to go for audition weekend and to meet my future colleagues and to meet, the, meet my future professors, I thought this is just exactly the right place for me. There was just a kind of kindness that was there and at the same time a challenge, but it, it never felt like it was gonna be a cold or a, a removed sort of education. I felt very much like it was going to be immersive and that I'd get to know all of these great professors and great performers, and I did. And, that, it's and they all taught me things and I've, I'm so grateful for that. Um, how have your, your studies here at Illinois affected what you, it is you do today? Well, you know, I, I was a voice major there and that was my first and foremost, my um, career. It took me all, all over the world. It took me to San Francisco Opera. I was an apprentice there for two years. I got to tour the country singing Guglielmo, you know, in every single city from Cosi Fan Tutte for a, uh, an entire year and then did that again the next year. And then I went to Pittsburgh and I was a, um, an apprentice there. That's where I met my, my wife. And after that, I went to New York. Uh, I hooked up with New York City Opera and was there for many years and then started bouncing around everywhere from, you know, Alaska to Arizona, to Luxembourg, to Barbados, to Brazil, <laughs> just sort of, sort of bopping around and is having a wonderful time at it. And I did that for, for many years and I took a little break from it uh, after many years and I decided, well, I think I need to look at something else. And my, my wife asked me if I ever want to teach. And I thought, well, I don't know. But I'd had so many good professors. I thought, you know what, there, there probably is something to pass on here. So I started taking on students and pretty soon it just became another passion of mine. Something that I hadn't suspected would happen for my education there. But now that I look back, I think it was a logical you know, conclusion to it that I was able to use all the lessons I learned, not only as a performer, but also from these great teachers I had, and to incorporate that 
into what I do now, which is a, a hybrid of both, which is, you know, both recording and performing, but also teaching and lecturing and, and preparing people for, for that aspect of their life as well. It's been very rewarding. How has um, teaching changed or affected your approach to performing? That's a great question. The more I have taught, the more I realize that as a performer, if I'm not teaching somebody something in my performance, whether it's, you know, some, something I'm presenting to them or, or letting them know how I do what I do, then I don't know if I'm doing the, the, my, my real job. You know, my real job is to become a performer and by performing a better teacher and by being a better teacher, a better performer. The two are really interchangeable. I would say that I have learned an incredible amount about my own voice and my own performance by just mirroring, mirroring what, what the students often do. I, I will say something to them and they'll repeat it back and I'll think, oh, why don't I do that? <laughs> I should do that too. And it's been this great dialogue, you know, ever since between them and me about me learning things about myself and then being able to incorporate them and give that back to them as well. What is something that you found yourself doing professionally or found yourself doing professionally that was not in the curriculum? Is, is there something that you've done now that you never anticipated as a, as a college student? For sure. Yeah. I mean, my future when I was at U of I was very much looking toward being a performer. And I thought that's exactly where I would be heading. And that's really what the curriculum was set up for that you'd be performing, that you'd be learning skills, for language skills and theory and, and everything else that had to do with performance. But what I've seen is that there are a whole bunch of transferable skills that I've been able to incorporate now into helping people with public speaking, for example, or helping people prepare for talks that they're doing. Um, because there are so many parallels between theory and practice of using your voice. I never thought in a million years that I'd be doing, you know, a TEDx talk or doing a, a lecture on, on public speaking. Uh, it, but, you know, as it turns out, that's, that's where it led me. And, but the skills were, were built there first. How have you adapted to working in the age of COVID? <laughs> I've uh, become a techie, I guess. <laughs> I've had to figure out a whole bunch of different uh, coordinations here and how to find a space that's not only quiet, you know, that, but that can, I can have all of my uh, lighting and microphone and everything. But th that's just the, the technical aspect of it. I find it interesting to, to work with students over Zoom, but I also find it, you know, it's, it's incredibly liberating in a way because there's just this different energy that's there between the students and, and myself. And I just feel like, you know, we can take more chances here. We're both in comfortable places. We're both in our, our bedrooms or our basements or whatever. And we're just able to take those chances that uh, you may not do, you know, if you were someone else were listening to you make those make those sounds as it were. So it's been tough. I'm also home here remote schooling my kids. So they're upstairs. I'm down here. You know, my wife's on the third floor. We're all making it work. And uh, luckily, we have a good Wi Fi signal. Um, tell us about some recent projects you've worked on. Sure. So I've been doing a lot of uh, recording with Lyric Fest, as I mentioned. I've, this is probably now my, I think my fourth recording with them. Um, a lot of projects, you know, obviously were, were canceled in the last year or so. So I'm looking forward to in the future going back and, and doing a lot of those. I'll be returning to Germany uh, in two years, I think it is now. 
uh, I'll be touring around with some recitals in, in New York and in Chicago. And, uh, and then I've just found out actually, I'll, I'll be going to Qatar um, to do uh, an entire course on public speaking and performative voice. And I've never been anywhere close to Qatar. So I'm looking forward to that as well. So that'll be interesting. And uh, just to kind of get back out there, you know, I've, I've, I've been missing performing. It's the one thing that I have really, really um, had a hankering for. And now that things are starting to open back up, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You also recently recorded Songs of Experience, a song set by American composer Darren Hagen. Let's listen to the last song, Two Butterflies, which is a setting of Two Butterflies Went Out at Noon by Emily Dickinson. This was recorded with pianist Laura Wood on the Naxos label. Do you have any advice for current students at Illinois who uh, maybe they're going to be graduating this spring or in the next year? Um, what what would you say to them? Sure. So I would say I think what I what I was told too, and again, it's a, a couple of things I'd say. I'd say first of all, honor your instrument and really know what you do better than anybody else. And it doesn't mean that you have to be the best. It means you have to be the best at that one particular thing, and it's finding it. And it's honing that craft, not trying to do everything possible, but just finding those couple of great pieces, repertoire, whatever it is that you do well, that really show you off the best. I'd also say you have a whole lot more skills than you realize as, as a performer, as a, whether it's an instrumentalist or as, as a singer. 
And I would say to, to list what those are, to find out what those are, because you might find, just like I did, that there are a whole bunch of transferable skills that you can use in so many different aspects of life or your career. But I would say more than anything else, take care of yourselves, a lot of self-care and knowing that that self-care is that's the hidden part of the technique that we never talk about. We always talk about how to be proactive, how to get better, how to practice all that. But we very seldom talk about self-care and taking care of yourself mentally and physically. But it's it's the shadow side of the technique that that I hope people really learn to embrace. Daniel, thank you so much for speaking with me today. This has been really uh, a fun little conversation to to get to know an Illini out there working in music and to hear what you've been up to. I appreciate very much uh, getting to know your story a little bit better. I appreciate that. And a really quick shout out to uh, Nathan and Julie Gunn. They, uh, we, Nathan and I performed a couple of times in the past and, and I'm, I'm a big fan. So I just want to say big shout out to the Gunns. Ah, terrific. Thank you very much. The Sonorities Podcast is a production of the School of Music of the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign, and is the copyright of the Board of Trustees of the University of Illinois. Our show is produced and hosted by Stephen Burian with Rebecca Price, and our theme music was composed by Justin M. Brower. Music